Hi, and welcome to the Online Notification Pod, a podcast produced by Suma. I'm Alex, your host. Lately, we have seen many companies trying to move into a direct-to-consumer approach. In this episode, I'll sit down with Anders and Stellan to talk a bit about this trend, and uh, I really hope you enjoy this episode. Doug, it's time to roll the jingle. Lately, we have seen car manufacturers who have increased the direct-to-consumer relationship, for example, launching car-sharing subscription models. Uh, Stella, do you think we will see more B2B companies moving into the direct-to-consumer area? Uh, Two parts of it. Uh, Selling more directly uh, in general, Uh, yes. I think so. Uh, Selling direct to consumer depends on in what business you're in. Uh, So, but if we we move in the sort of consumer area, um, I definitely think so. I think a lot of brands uh, have started to experiment with stuff like spare parts and things, which sort of are from a um, dealership network or reseller network perspective, perhaps less, uh, more, more of a thing where they can say, well, good if we don't have to handle that, but where, where there is sort of a high expectancy from the consumer to find those things. So uh, I have experience for myself, for example, uh, buying a, a freezer at, uh, at IKEA, of course, manufactured by uh, Electrolux, and, uh, and then uh, things in it break, uh, and you want to find a replacement and uh, you, you find it directly from Electrolux. Um, and then the thing is you can't find it anywhere else. So it's, it's, if they hadn't provided it, you would simply have like a broken freezer. Um, so, so I think here is where gradually consumers will start to expect more of a direct relationship with the brand. Do you agree, Anders? If I agree about Stellan's uh, refrigerator... Yeah. <laughs> um, generally speaking, I mean, B two B have B two B companies have a very good possibility to sell more directly, like like Stellan says. And then, exactly like Stellan says, if it's consumers or not doesn't matter. There are many manufacturing and industrial companies that that sell indirectly in B two B to other companies that could start selling directly to other companies, as long as they haven't lived in a sort of head office glass house where they know very little about how it is to be a real company or or. A, customer in in a uh, market but definitely with the examples you gave um, that b2b companies selling through resellers and retailers have a fantastic possibility to go directly to consumers yes and do you think that we will see a major shift in this and and why will we see this major shift then anders I don't have the intention to speak about certain brands today, but but the challenge in many companies is that the older they are, the the tougher it is to do this this um, needed change or movement. And that goes both for B two B companies who sell to other companies, 
and who wants to sell more directly than indirectly. And that goes definitely for companies that have been selling through resellers or retailers and will now sell directly to consumers. Because as the words say, directly to consumer and to be a B2B seller is two totally different uh, models. So it will be challenging for some. But if the possibility exists, yes. If it is recommended to do it, yes. But very important to be aware of the challenges. And Anders, what, what do you consider are the challenges of selling direct to consumer? Everything from how, how you measure success today, how you... Uh, the accessibility and the availability you need to provide in a B2B business versus a direct-to-consumer business. The expectations on the, the consumers, what they compare with when it comes to distribution, knowing the status of logistics, knowing the prices, knowing exactly everything. And generally speaking, the, the speed of all those things compared to the B2B business. That, that's on, just on top of my head as an answer. I don't know, Stellan, perhaps you have other things there. Well, it's, it's like an ongoing shift, of course, is this uh, notion that every product is a service waiting to happen. Um, so, so that is also one thing where sort of the needle is gradually shifted. So. I, I don't pretend to be an expert, but I but I know, for example, that that um, companies like like SKF have moved from selling spare parts <clears throat> to instead selling uptime. So uh, and and uh, I think we'll see more and more of that. And 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 so a combination of selling direct and selling increasingly what's more like services than than products. And then that makes you an integrated part of your buyer's sort of ecosystem uh, in, in B2B versus in, in B2C. I sort of, as a consumer, I'm the sort of end product. <laughs> Whereas in, in B2B, I become an integral part of someone's factory or someone's logistics system or stuff like that. And that, that has much more uh, demands connected to it, like I'm just saying. And, and Alexander, sometimes I, this is going to be a short spin, but sometimes I, I can get worried that um, companies look at this as PR, meaning that, that they truly don't understand the, the huge differences um, in demands when you talk about private persons, when you talk about consumers. That, that I think... Um, it's easy to say, but it's a different it's a different type of business. Yeah, I remember the summer, Anders, you, you shared a, a link to a lawn mover who you could subscribe to in order to get your grass cutted. Yeah, you would get a robotic uh, lawn mover, and and uh, instead of buying, and producing, and selling as much as lawnmakers, they instead made it a service. I just saw that, that that website was down. So that was probably a PR, um, no, it, as it, you mentioned. It, it can also be a very good intention where you do an experiment. Yeah. You, you test a certain part of the market. I don't remember the brand. And if I would have remembered the brand, I wouldn't have mentioned it now. But it, it could have been an experiment. They were testing something. But also at the same time, having respect for that's not how consumers have been keeping up with with their lawns 
So, so it's a change where you need good examples. It's a change where you need someone in a community to say, I can recommend this. This is fantastic. Do you want to be a part of this? So, so you need to think through how this will be sort of distributed by the people using it. One thing is setting up something, throwing out an app saying, this is how easy you book this. Uh, but another thing is that in, in the community where you live, let's say wherever Stellan lives, that suddenly a neighbor says, aha, so it's a rental one. Yeah, you want to be a part of it? I mean, we have, we have seen good examples of when we changed music habits in a certain steps, where, where one that most of us uses, one service, it actually got distributed the idea through the users from the beginning. I said, Stellan, shouldn't you also have this? This is great. I mean, you, you have to think through that they change habit as well, like in your example that you said I was sending a link to. But, but you have to think through more things than that. Yeah. And Stellan, if you're a traditional B2B companies that considering uh, moving into the direct-to-consumer area, what things should, should you consider, do you think? I think we, we touched upon a lot of the aspects uh, already, but above all, it's, it's, it's a strategic decision of, of where you want to go in your business, essentially. Going after uh, consumers uh, requires much more of a, uh, you, you are targeting a large, larger audience with more marketing. Um, so that requires a different setup um, than a, a B2B environment. That takes effort. It's not just uh, done overnight and then all of a sudden you are uh, a successful player in both arenas. Then it's it's uh, it's a much closer step, like Anders uh, was talking about before as well, to to move into selling direct in a B two B fashion. And and many B two B companies are are hybrids like that today already, where they operate directly in many markets and then they operate through partners in others and so on. So Anders. Do you have anything to add? Usually I do. And I was sitting thinking that people that listen to this, that know Suma and know Stellan and me, uh, would be surprised if we don't go on a short Amazon track. So I will do. A Amazon today, although most likely no one listening to this and no one that participates in this actually knows, but we have an example of, of uh, old school bookstore, although online, that today actually sells bo both to legal entities, so B2B, and sells for others and sells directly to consumer and the whole shill of it. They, they do everything today. Um, maybe we should have a short spin about that, Stalin, and maybe we, we should think about Alibaba as well. Uh, I don't know if you're a customer in Alibaba, Stalin, but I am. Yes, you I are. I buy stuff from uh, AliExpress. So, yep. so the, AliExpress is the consumer part of, of uh, Alibaba. So they, it's the same, the same model, basically, as Amazon, but operating under two different websites, different focus. Um, so but with both of them, it's interesting how much is a, is a platform and how much is, is them operating directly in B2B and in B2C. So with Amazon, we know they have their own brands with uh, Echo and, um, and uh, Ring and so on. And uh, 
Um, then, of course, a, a huge part is third-party sellers selling through the platform. I think it's like you said, it's in it's in all directions happening at the same time. Um, so, so yeah, it's definitely a quite uh, uniquely large uh, player that is very interesting to watch what's what's happening. And in 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 my case. That's actually one of the few examples where I am certain that I have a B2B and a B2C or B2C relation with brand. I also know that others through that brand have a relation with me, although I'm certain that it's only Amazon who owns the data. But, but it's interesting um, to be both a B2B and a B2C customer of Amazon. They know what I expect, no matter if, if I step into sort of a company suit or stay private. I always know everything from all aspects. I never have any problems with returns or the status of deliveries or anything. But uh, as at least you in this meeting, uh, no, I'm, I'm sort of a Amazon fan. There, there are most likely negative things to say about them as well, but I'm a customer of them, mainly in UK and in Sweden. So Stellan, uh, we're talking about B2B companies selling directly and indirectly. What can they learn from Amazon when they do the shift going not through resellers and directly to customers? Well, it's a very, it's a, it's a very broad question. <laughs> uh, many different. Narrow it down, sir. Yeah. So, so uh, top of mind, I, I think uh, what Amazon is really good at, at its core, uh, essentially, is logistics. And so, and then there are many aspects of that. Everything from how to predict what to have in stock to how to handle the last mile uh, of the delivery and all of that. Um, and a lot of B2B companies in manufacturing are really good at that. So because of uh, just-in-time deliveries for something to be fitted into another product that is going somewhere at certain, has to arrive at a certain hour, even at the factory. Uh, but if you go sort of move out of uh, manufacturing, uh, I think historically it's been uh, sort of more of a model of having like everything in stock for a very long time and perhaps not having that kind of inventory management that Amazon has and so on. So now I'm um, sort of moving in a very sort of business development kind of uh, direction, but but it's I think it's much more there that the challenges lie. Um, so, and um, having talked to a few B2B companies as well that, that are sort of experimenting with selling directly to consumers, it's often the first kind of number of hurdles you end up on is how to handle that in terms of uh, the ordering process, the packaging uh, process, the the uh, parcel delivery process, the returns process, and all of that, because it doesn't fit into the normal flow of operations. So, and, and here Amazon is handling everything at the same time. So, uh, so it's it's like it's definitely their core core uh, competence, I would say. Isn't it interesting, Alexander, that whatever you ask us about, we get back to Amazon. <laughs> Yeah. Do you have anything to add, Anders, in the in the end here? If this is the end, no. Oh, thank you very much for participating. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to this episode. 
If you like this podcast, you can subscribe to it on Spotify, SoundCloud, or you can subscribe to it on Zuma.se. Thank you very much and bye-bye.